No, I got that gangster par- gangster's paradise stuck in my head. I've been spending most of life living in a gangster's paradise. That's the rendition no one needed. <laughs> yeah. What, Coolio? No, your version. Oh, yeah. No, no one needed my version. <laughs> But. sometimes you sing a song and i'm like that's a great i like i'm so charmed by your version you know like we should do covers but that that was, wasn't good that wasn't well good. it's because when we when we do the podcast i turn the mic up and put it close to my mouth so i have to i have to sing it low mm-hmm. but if i if i had my full uh vocal range available you'd be like damn dude are you fucking kidding me you lived in your own sort of gangster's paradise but i don't know if you'd want to sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> that when that song came out, like I don't have that many songs like this where I can remember like, wow, holy shit, they really did it. Coolio really did it. I needed to hear that song, and like back then, like the only way to hear it would be like listen to the radio or watch MTV and hope it came on. But whenever that one came on, ooh, doggy, it scratched like, an itch. It's like a new. Yeah, why? Do, do you, you do you understand that? Well, you know what my song was. What? Ricky Martin, Live in La Vida Loca. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, like, couldn't get out of the car. It revolutionized your life. They were playing it, like, 10, 15 times an hour on the radio. (laughs) It was (laughs) 15 times an hour. It was, like, every other song was, like, all right, we've gotten the thousand requests for Live in La Vida Loca, you know? Wow, yeah. There's just something about the sound. And, I I mean, I, I agree with Gangster's Paradise. It's just, like just hits you in a certain way you're like oh this is either it's like new or just it's probably like gin and juice too that like snoop dogg i feel like that kind of has that effect yeah and yeah exactly now when i look back on it i'm kind of surprised that live in la vida loca had it for me so intensely but i think it was considering just like, what you listen to now yeah <laughs> but also i think it was just like that perfect age you know we're just like you know maybe i had that frantic energy it's exactly what it is i it's was a, i was a live in la vida loca yes exactly I, you know my superlative in eighth grade was um most energetic i mean you want to think of me as now but now i think it's probably because i ate lucky charms before school oh uh, yeah you're lucky charms <laughs> so wow i didn't know you were most energetic of eighth grade you didn't know that no yeah you wouldn't guess it i wouldn't even guess it you know what song has had that um as an adult for me yeah, uh, and I think it got you too. We were just listening to it the other day. That song, uh, "Making Plans for Nigel" by XTC. Oh yeah, totally. Like, doesn't it hit that? Doesn't it kind mm-hmm. of like fall well, into it, that category? Where you're like, like, I need Whoa. to hear that again. Yeah, like I need mm-hmm. to hear that a bunch of times, and you still can't really pinpoint like what it is about this song that makes me want to watch, listen to it on repeat. Well, you were saying something interesting about the drum beat in that song. That they inverted it. If you listen to the drums on that song, most songs are like hi hat snare, like. And his is like all the other drums with the hi-hat as kind of the way that the snare would normally function. And when they made that song, uh, the 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 engineer, the producer engineer for, for that album ended up like going on to do like all the police albums. Like he basically, that that the drum sound on that defined the sound of the 80s. That's yeah. like after people heard that song, everyone wanted that sound. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a documentary about uh, the band XTC. Very yeah. interesting. Did it make you like them and respect them more? Oh, deeply. Yeah. Deeply. I had no idea what they were all about. I mean, I know their music and I, I know the way it evolved, but I had no idea what it was all about. And uh, yeah, it was just too, it was just, uh, you know, some d- 
some bros that just fucking wanted to do it, you know what I mean? And they were like, let's try it. Let's try our hand at this. And uh, learned songwriting. And initially, it was just one guy doing the songwriting, and then the bassist joined in. The bassist wrote that song, Making Plans for Nigel. And then there was a little beef because it was... Everyone's well, like scrambling yeah. for the spotlight. The, the, yeah, the main the main songwriter before that was Andy Partridge, who was like the lead singer, main songwriter, and then all of a sudden, this other guy was writing songs, and they became the hits that the band was known for. So it it got it got to him initially, but he he got over it. Um, you can't be that picky when you're making hits, whether they're coming from you or someone I, else. I it's think like so. we got hits. Like, yeah. what do we care? Like, this is going to sustain our career. And back then, you needed hits. Yeah. You really did need hits in order to get anything going it wasn't like you could independently release stuff and get it out to the masses like you needed hits so he brought the first hit the bassist brought the first hit but andy partridge the way he writes songs and he demonstrates it in this movie which is crazy um he used synesthesia to write music that's where he sees sound as color he just he he plays music and he sees images that go along with it and then those images inform what uh, the songs are about, what the melodies are. Whoa! So did he did he give it like an example, like this song? He's like, yeah, no, he well, yeah, but he he said this is how I write songs. But then he's literally like, I'll do one right now, and he pulls pulls out a guitar. He's like, I'll I'll play a chord I've never played before, a chord that you couldn't even you know. He just like puts two fingers on whatever, and he's like, yeah, that's not that good. And then he's like, oh, this this is pretty good, and he hits it for a little bit. And then he moves like two frets up and hits that for a little bit. And that like that's enough for him. He's like, this feels like a puddle on a rainy day. <laughs> and he's playing these two chords just back and forth. And then, you know, he's got this whole image in his head. And then he just starts coming up with melodies and talking about rainy day puddles. And What's like, the biggest hit that he wrote? Um, Dear God. Oh, I don't know if I know Dear that. God, da, 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 da. you would know the song mm-hmm. if you heard it. Uh, it's a little bit cornball. It's like sung by a kid, mm-hmm. you know, but I really just, I, I respect the shit out of anybody that keeps it going for that long. Like they were a band for like 30 years and uh, this dude was, th- this is what's crazy. This guy was raised in such a wild household that um, he was put on Valium at 12 years old. This is back. In, this is back in the '60s, and that's like an anti-anxiety, right? Valium is no joke. It's no joke. Yeah, you reminded me. I had I have taken it a couple. You've times. taken Valium, and I'm like, what did that do for you? I bet you didn't care about anything once yeah, you took totally. it. Yeah, that's so why my dad loves it. Um, but this kid, this kid was put on Valium at 12 years old, and at 20, he didn't even f- ever think about it till he's like 25 years old, making hit songs in this band, touring around, and his girlfriend was like, "I'm getting rid of these. Like, you don't need these." And he was like. All right, yeah, whatever. They don't do anything for me anyway. I've she been wanted on him, him to so. care about something. She needed a little grit in her I relationship. Yes, I don't know, but like this dude, he uh, he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll cold turkey quit Valium after doing it for thirteen years, and um, it started a spiral in his life of panic attacks and insanity, and they had to retire from touring. And when they retired from touring, they started using the studio the way the Beach Boys did. You know, like, let's just take this much further. And he said it went from a situation where, uh, you know, he was like, he was writing songs to perform live. And he was like doing like, it's kind of like keeps the blinders on. You can only write songs that you guys, that that this four piece could pull off live. And then once they said, we're retiring from touring, it was just like the whole world opened to him. And they started doing all kinds of wild orchestrations. So they've never really toured since? 
Not really. No. Crazy. No. It's kind of like what the Beatles did. And he didn't consider getting back on Valium. Doesn't sound like it. But it was like, you know, that shit takes a long time to get out of you. Well, I feel like, like how we say you have a certain amount of balloons in you. I feel like (laughs) (laughs) you have a certain amount of panic attacks. And if you save off, like, all the panic attacks from, like, your teens and 20s, like, they they built up. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it also feels like with anti-anxiety medication, and we try to talk to your dad about this, it's like, it doesn't, it just pushes it. Yeah. It doesn't, like, cure it. It doesn't anything. It just, like, just pushes that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, it, it's it's weird because I don't think we have a lot of information as to how to deal with it otherwise. It, it, I mean, the solutions are very simple. It's like catch your breath. I'm trying to I'm trying to work with my dad, and, you know, I see him. He, he gets gets very anxious i think he's bored so he starts casting his fucking net of anxiety out into the future and pulling weird stuff back and i'm like hey calm down you know heroic dose of mushrooms that helped him last time he doesn't want to do it again though because it was very humbling yeah yeah he's terrified of mushrooms i gave him some today and he was like do you psychedelic i was like they were but i I think it wore off like because they're a couple years old i was like you need the other mushrooms that i put in here though for your health so uh, we'll see if it works but yeah, I'm just, I'm always trying to just tell him and tell myself, like, just bring it back to this moment. We're safe right here. Like, no one's having seizures. No one's, nothing's crazy right now. Let's just enjoy it. Let's breathe. You're it's blessed. To do. You're blessed, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It's something you scream out in the house. You're fucking blessed. I was just saying that while you were in the shower. To your parents or to your dad? Yeah, my dad is it like, he, he's like, oh, whoa. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, they didn't take the lights that we put out for garbage. They they left them. I said, okay, we'll deal with it. He was like, oh, what are we going to do? And I said, if that's the worst problem we have right now, like we're so, we're so privileged. Let's just breathe it in and just realize like everyone's healthy. Everything's good. Our biggest problem is these fluorescent lights we want to throw away. They're halogen. There's no way they were going to take them. And thank God they didn't. That shit's like fucking toxic. Yeah. No one wants to have anything to do with I it. I thought your dad was crazy putting them out there, but I wasn't going to say anything. You might as well see if they'll take them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, anyway. How's it going, baby? Great. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's start this podcast. <laughs> Let's start this thing up. Um, You know. How you been doing? I think good. Confused, but good. I go yeah. through like bouts of like, oh, I'm just generally confused. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty happy right now. But also like, it'll it's like half happy, half confused. Mm. Kind of go between those two. How about you? Probably the same. <laughs> yeah. Maybe confusion is a necessary ingredient for our happiness. <laughs> You're like, what? Well, because it's the only time we're not carrying the weight of something. When you're confused, you can kind of just like, I need time to get a vision together and suss this out and not be as confused. But when you are confused, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a sick day. It's kind of like playing hooky. It's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. What are we doing here? I don't know what to make of any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I feel like when you're confused, it's like. It's like the humble part of like, because sometimes you have your confidence and you're like, oh, I got this. We got this. Yeah, yeah. And then the other side of that coin is like, what's going on? Yeah. What, you know. But generally, I think summer is such like a bright, happy time. I just visited my mom, which was really awesome. And 
I think, I don't know, just I see everyone else, like, for the most part, like, doing their happy, happy dance. They're like, oh, it's summer. Yeah, it's like it's, the, really it's like you soak in the last of it. And then you start to hear about, like, school starting and COVID scares. And then you're like, oh, shit, we just fucking yeah. went through this summer forgetting about all of what lies ahead. Like, being very kind of, I think a lot of us just, you've got to be in the moment. Yeah, it was good for us. Charged us up. I don't want to pay attention to any of it. Like your your mom was just asking me. She was like, I don't know. What should I do? I'm really nervous about COVID. I said, if it's just that you're nervous about it, I would just stop paying attention to all media sources that are, that are you know doing that to you. And she stopped, and I was like, I'm about to get a talking to. And she was like, that's actually really good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, stop paying attention. I'm I'm trying to teach our well, parents. Well, she doesn't go anywhere, so it's like, what's why why get stressed out about a situation that you're not like being confronted yeah with. What, what i'm trying to impart on our parents which is probably such a fool's errand like they're twice my age they know what's going on they you know but like i don't know what i realized for us is like i don't think our we're our bodies and our psyches are equipped to handle as much information from as far away as it comes mm-hmm. i it's so hard to keep an open empathetic compassionate heart when you're like taking on the problems of the whole world and then you're being bombarded with oh do you know about this tragedy do you know about that did you know about that so like what i'm trying to tell ourselves but also our parents when we're around them is like cut that shit off don't pay attention is there anything you can do about the next election really anything you're going to do about is there anything you're going to do (laughs) is there anything you could do no stop paying such close attention to it to it you know it's fucking you up it's not it's not good for you yeah yeah i I think there's endless tragedy all over the world constantly happening all the time but i don't know i'm trying to get more into like a well i'm safe well i also think we're good right at this point we we, that's the news but we also know (laughs) like consume less love more you know yeah be more mindful like you kind of have the prescription yeah for what and there's just the ways that you can then look at your life and be like okay where can i be more mindful of the people of my life where can i be less wasteful um where can i be more honoring of my body soul spirit and the environment you know it's like when i think at a certain age you kind of like you get the prescription and you don't necessarily need to like look at all the details you're like because it's very it's very confusing and it's that's kind of the intention well for me lately it's about um been like honing in my sense of presence in any given moment because i know my my ways of checking out and i know like physically checking out or mentally checking out is but like really just trying to do a deep dive on like how do i be more present because i think that that's kind of like the ante up for a, any good time you know it starts with that it's to show up for it it's is to, <laughs> is to actually show up is to really show up without like i got one foot out the door you just leaked all over yourself it's okay no one cares no one gives a damn um, but like, you know what I mean? That's what, that's how it feels. It feels like, all right, if I want to be playing, playing any kind of game where I could be happy, the ante up is presence. And how do I hone in on that? And like, how do I, cause a lot of the stuff that makes you not want to be present is just like self-protection mechanisms. Totally. And that's, that's where I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of our addictions, that's like the biggest crime of it all mm. is that it like steals our presence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're thinking about the next sip or whatever it is. 
you're like you can't be in the mo or like you know with the vape pens you're like looking you're like oh gotta grab where's my vape pen did i lose my vape pen where's my vape pen i need to hit my vape pen yeah or you know with a cigarette i gotta go out for a cigarette break i gotta get outside you know it's like anything that like because i've been feeling it with my biggest mine is uh instagram and when we were at my mom's and we were doing drugs and stuff <laughs> <laughs> i felt i felt myself jumping out of my skin like i just need to medicate on baseball bloopers yeah i need it makes you feel so much better baseball bloopers <laughs> literally and then yeah what last night become? no last night <gasps> what have i become i know last night i just like we did a big deep clean fall cleaning and then i just was like i'm just gonna chill and i looked at endless baseball bloopers and i just came out and i was like i'm so happy right now you were literally like i don't have the energy to go on through the rest of the day we have so much shit to do and then i just hear you in here just going <laughs> and i'm like what's going on you're, you're watching baseball on instagram you're like yeah and then all of a sudden you were like that gave me energy i'm fine i'm great i'm ready to go do this and yeah. you and you hit the streets you got out there so maybe it's like we're gonna be addicted we're gonna need to medicate but putting containers around it where it's not like always taking over your life but i really don't like the feeling of jumping out of my skin like yeah like oh i just need to check out well i mean look the container you already put on it you know specifically not that you need instagram like i need to watch baseball bloopers on there that's actually probably a good step forward if you think about it because i could do that on maybe on youtube well not only that but it's like you're not just opening yourself up to like eh, whatever they throw at me i'll just consume it all and whatever i'm gonna hate 90 percent of it but you got like my algorithm only gives me baseball bloopers <laughs> that's it i see when i open up when i open up my instagram that's all it is like i have every motherfucker i know muted and it just the algorithm just serves me up weird baseball plays and i'm i love it but i try not to abuse it that's trying to go fucking cuckoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love sports i really do yeah i don't know if it's the competitive spirit or seeing people do stuff that i would never do yeah like we watched what untold stories swamp kings about uh the florida gators when tim tebow was there yeah and damn that coach urban meyer oh my god what the hell <laughs> He fucking yeah. rode them so hard. Yeah. Like it was, they were like trained to kill. Yeah, they were scary. I'm watching this thing and I kept saying to you, I'm like, I'm scared of these guys. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, if I was the other team, I wouldn't want to do this. I'd be like, these guys are acting insane. Right now. <laughs> but he would be just, I mean, he just held them, them and himself to a standard that you rarely see. You know. Yeah, we were saying like, is this? You were asking me like, do you think this? There's a, like, this is good, and I was like, I don't know if it's good, but they're like, we were both saying there's a time and a place. Well, we we just had to pause it for a second, and like, we're watching these guys in the gym, and they're like pushing unheard of weight, and like, ah, and they're screaming, and they're crying, and their friends are slapping them in the face and slapping their muscles, like, come on, keep it going, and like, make them start over if someone fails, like. Just pure and just pure insanity, and in the way they edit it and everything, it's like you can really feel it. So I just paused it. And I was like, "Is it? Is this good at all? Is there? Is there a positive to any of this? Like, yeah, because it's so easy to be like, it's toxic masculinity, and even the even the football players who like, they're like, I would, I was so 
trained to kill that like and it was such an energy that i wouldn't want my kids being like this i don't yeah i don't want my kids to even know i did that to know i did that because yeah. it was so aggressive he was like, i was hurting people i would fight my friends i was trying to hurt people i was trying to hurt them at practice on the field everywhere and like just getting into that mentality and all i could say it i was like this did do something for these young men who a lot of them came without came showed up to that program with no discipline whatsoever and he kind of had to run it maybe even more hardcore than the military would or could i think so like i think so crazy just crazy and the stakes are high you're the getting military thrown has out guns they, they have guns and they're not gonna throw you out they're, they're really not you have to really fuck up for them to throw you out this is just like cool yeah um there's 30 guys on this team you're the 31st best guy you're gone you didn't try hard enough you're gone and it was just like so intense and I think that there is a time and a place for it. And I think that was I it. I mean, we're, after watching it, we're grateful it existed because we're like, this is so entertaining. It's so entertaining. And those teams won two championships because of it. But I was like, how does this apply to our life? It's an interesting question I'll be thinking about for a little bit. But I do think there's a time and a place to get into that kind of mode for your life. I just think you'd have to be very choosy about what it is. It is crazy, though, that, that with exercise, like, when we went up to my mom's, we did pretty much hot Pilates every day. Cause, Seven classes. Because we were just, we had access to a hot Pilates studio and a cheap one-week pass. And I'd never done Pilates before. And I will say, when you were like, I don't, I didn't do this, but when you do the, like, continue to lift weights and stretch and stuff throughout the night, I was like, I could see how and why. Because honestly, after doing that, like, it's an hour of so hard, you're sweating, your muscles are sore, and I just felt like it's not enough. Yeah. Not for just in the sense of like energy begets energy. It's almost. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, I did that, but like, should I be doing more? Yeah. And then when I lie, when I don't do anything, I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing anything. And But you watch me do it. You see me do it and it doesn't spark anything in you to be like, I should, I should get up and just stretch. Like, you know, your mom's like, we end up watching three hours of TV every night and we could get into that. We've watched some really interesting shit. Um, but all I can think is like, I know we're going to watch three hours of TV. I'm going to stand for two of them. You know, I'm going to make sure to stand up for this whole episode and I'm not doing it in like a righteous, like, Hey, everyone congratulate me. I'm just like standing behind you and your mom and like stretching and doing pushups and lifting weights and stuff while we watch our shows. And to me, I need that. Like I have my morning workout and then like I'll lift weights here and there throughout the day. But at the end of the day, I know like I need to stretch for 45 minutes or I'm going to be a mess tomorrow. And yeah, I'm getting to that age. Yeah. I'm on the cusp of needing to stretch all day, every day. Yes. Yeah. To not be like, oh, my back. Yeah. <laughs> I was proud of us, though. Like, we went up there and, well, I've never taken Pilates before. I've always thought it was a girl thing. It and is I, a girl I think thing. It, I think it kind of <laughs> is, but, like, why? I don't know. I, I don't understand why. But, like, I'd go to these classes and there, I'd be, like, the only guy in there or, like, maybe two other guys. Like, one of them's, like, old or some, someone's boyfriend or something. I'm someone's boyfriend, too. But <laughs> yeah, I was proud of us. It was insane. I didn't know what we were getting involved with. And I'm used to the only hot classes I've ever done are, um, what's it called? Bikram, mm -hmm. where it's like these 26 poses. You do them the same every time. It's hot as fuck, but it's like, it's not, it's not that crazy. That What makes it crazy is that you're standing in a really hot room. This is the hot room and just balls to the wall no breaks just go 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 and it's like burpees push-ups sit-ups you know you have weights in there you have bands around it's you like sitting up and then punching yeah with weights in your hand yeah and then doing i've like never been in better shape in my life 
than the, the of right now, right now. I think it's probably w- w- more geared towards women because I think a lot of men who like are really into working out that hard want to like. They want to see some. Yeah, they, they want to see results. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think it's good for just kind of like being super tone and defined and working muscles underneath muscles. Yeah, my core is a fucking a rabid animal right now. Yeah. It's wild yeah um, but i hope we can keep it going we, we got really a lot of traveling ahead of us and i'm like i hope we can keep this going it felt really good to like and the exercise used to like rock my socks and like ko me for the day and yeah. i didn't do that so yeah i don't know well the, the the first class we go in there and i'm like okay what's this going to be all about and uh the girl comes in and she's like a drill sergeant, which I'm like, I'll respond well to this. Like, I don't, okay, like you know, you have the the judgment comes up right away. Like, Some fuck this, don't like I don't want to listen to her. Like, you know, we took your mom and she was just like, not for me. She's like, I don't want some woman yelling at me. I'm like, I think that's the only way I can get through that is like some woman yelling at me. And not only is there some woman yelling at you, she's screaming, and she's like, come on, go, go, and she's blasting like ear piercingly loud. Katy Perry, Jonas Brothers, like the worst music I've ever heard in my life. And, uh, you know, we came out of that first class and I was like, what the hell? Like, I, what was that music? Like, that was, besides the music, that, uh, that was incredible, but what the hell? Like, I don't know if I, I can After do that, that, I thought the first day I was like, oh, we're never coming back. I'll have to go to Pilates by myself because Sean's not going to be able to stand this. Well, then what I realized, so we, we did go back because I was like, I, I like this. We got a week-long pass, and I, I, I do like the teacher. I like her yelling at us. I don't like her taste in music. Second time we go back, she adjusted the music a little bit and actually played a couple songs that I know. She played... Um, she played Tom Petty, I think, Running Down a Dream. Great, great song. But what I realized is, like, I would rather hear Katy Perry right now. I would rather just innocuous, loud pop music that I don't really know. I don't know the words. I don't know how long these songs are. When she played Tom Petty, I was like, as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Halfway through that song, I was like, this song is so long and repetitive. Like, why... <laughs> And and I know every word, and I know where the breakdown's going to come, and I know that she's not going to let us get out of this plank for, like, another two minutes because I know how long this guitar solo... Like, it was so distracting yeah. having music that I knew, you know? Yeah. Same thing when we used to go uh, dancing. Remember we used to go to No Lights, No Lycra? And it would oh, be, like, yeah. an hour of just... They would turn off the lights. You could barely see anything, and it was just, like, just freak out in here. Like, it's a safe space, and a lot of people are there by themselves. Mm-hmm. And they would just play the worst music. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Because you, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to groove to this. I just Yeah, it's just like... But you didn't like when you knew the song as much? Yeah. In the Pilates class, not at all. I didn't like it at all. I didn't <laughs> want to know the songs. I just was just like, cool, I'm going with this. And, and it's just, I, I love... Um, starting a new practice like that and challenging myself like I'm not wimping out I'm not going towards the door I'm not sitting out any poses I'm not I'm just going to do with this teacher Every time says. she says weights are optional you go for the weights Yeah oh of course you know there's women running towards the door there's people that tap out halfway through the class and I was like all right we're in pretty good shape I did no, great You did incredible Thanks. I was so proud of you I I'm wanted like, you to say that I mean it 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 seems like there's not really much you could do to improve your body, but then you do that for a week and it's like, wow, we're like really tight and strong and we have a lot more energy and our sex is better and it's like more available. Like it just like, I don't know when I'm working out like that, I'm just more turned on by life. So your body's, you got, you got to get your blood pumping. I have to. 
for me, I'm like, it so quickly leads to depressive feelings if I'm not pushing my body hard. Mm. So I'm just getting in and probably have been in good habits for a while and just can try to stick to them. And anytime I feel bad for myself or whatever, it's just like, you got to go move your body. You know, like there's just no if ands, or buts about it. Yeah. One of my best friends has always had really good mental health. And it's because from a very young age, her mom was like, if you're depressed, you just need to run like kind of like in a way that could be like a little cold and, you know, energetically yeah. like, oh, like I have feelings and you're just saying like I haven't exercised. But like when we say like, oh, if you can bitch, you can chant. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I forgot you, you, about that. You could be sitting here bitching and moaning or you could chant. I should use that more. It's the same thing. It's, you know, you just got to move the energy. You just, you know, you just have to make a sound. (laughs) But it was, uh, it was really fun being up in Maine. We didn't want to leave. We stayed a lot longer than we thought we were going to. Um, And we dosed your mom on the last day of her 71st year. She turned 72 on Sunday. Yeah, she's a champ. She really is. She really is. Uh, Man. It's so crazy, the change. You know, when we first got into psychedelics, our, all four of our parents were like, y'all are insane, you know, you're losing it. We're worried about you type of energy. Well, we were kind of being insane. We were kind of out there. We were, like, being confronted with a lot of big ideas. We weren't totally energetically Yeah, and we were speaking stable. to them, and, you know. Yeah, we were proselytizing a little, yeah. and, you know, just like a little wily. Like, yeah, the, the shift was pretty dramatic pretty fast. Yeah, everyone's like, what's up with you? And we're like, we took acid, and we, it's, it's changing who we are. We're like, we're leaning into this thing. Yeah. We're, we were already pretty wild, and we're going to get wilder, and we did. So it's it spooked them, I think, a little bit. But cut to 10 years later, and now, like, your mom is more of an acid head than us. I know. She loves it. She loves it. You know, we we give her bottles of microdoses for for any, like, that was our Christmas present to her. And, like, her neighbors want in on it. They're like, can I have some? And she's like, no, this is my acid. (laughs) This is my Christmas present from the kids. (laughs) And she, like, won't part with it. And, like, she just, she loves it. And you just, it really, she responds so well to it. But she's always usually taking, like, microdoses unless we're up there with her. Well, Yeah. I think that makes sense. The second we showed up, she was like, we could do acid while you guys are here? Or like, what's the deal? And we're like, absolutely. So we hit her with a, her biggest dose yet. Yeah, I think so. Tab and a half. It was able to, we were able to keep it fun. Like I could have given her more. She wanted a bigger experience, but it was the perfect experience to keep her on her feet. And she's like, I could sit down, but I don't want to because I feel like if I sit down, I'm not going to stand up. Very so smart. So she hula hooped and Very... danced around and... Yeah, she was really tapped in. We went on a big walk. Yeah, she like when I when I take that much acid, I'm like pretty much like no one pay attention to me till like hour three. I'm gonna be the man in three hours. I'm gonna be so funny and attentive and listening and feeling magical. But for those first three hours, I'm like, leave me alone. Your mom's the opposite. She's kind of like you. She just takes it and was like, cool. What's the adventure? Let's do it. And I was like, always, I'm like sitting there waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, oh, she's at some point it's gonna hit her, and it it was just it just gradually hit her, and she never skipped a beat. It was really no. The best is at one point she's like, okay, I'm gonna ask you a question, and I'm not like scared of the answer, but I just want to know like how long is this gonna last? 
And I was like, I don't know, you probably have like another six to eight hours or something. And she was like, okay, good, because I'm really liking this. Oh, yeah, no, I I was like, oh, no. Like, she was like, how long is this going to last? And we're like trying to somewhat downplay it. Like, I guess like eight more hours. And she was like, okay, good, because I just don't, I love this and I don't want it to stop. And I'm like, oh, you got plenty more time. And I was like, and if you feel it waning in the least bit, hit a joint. Or some or- orange juice. Yeah, hit some orange juice, hit a joint, you'll you'll be right back in that space. But we had such an incredibly connected, amazing day. And for me, I didn't take anything. So I know. That was me practicing what we started talking about, which is deepening my presence and being able to be present and like I would have had every excuse in the world to be like, Look, you're you guys did a mother and daughter acid trip. You took some, she took some. I'm going to let you guys do your thing, but I don't know. I love you guys so much and I just felt compelled to to be there and to challenge myself to be there. You know, not like, oh, this conversation's getting weird. I'm going to go uh, watch a podcast for a while. I didn't do any of that. I just like, st- I stood there and I held space and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you hanging out. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need to, but I appreciate that you did. We had a great time. Yeah. Super cool to like, uh, it just is such a big switch from my first acid trip where I literally was like, whatever you do, do not give this to your mom. I know. We, you have a notebook from our first acid trip and you had it with you up there. Mm-hmm. And it's just all these... Scribblings. It's, it's scribblings, but it's warnings. It's so funny that that's what you were concerned about the first time we took acid. You were like, you wrote like, stay out, mama. Like, don't give, like basically note to future self, don't give this to your mom it's too confusing like and it's scary and i would I, like i love her more than anything else in the world and i just like would never want her to go through what i was going through at that point which was just like such a hellscape yeah but yeah. but it was temporary yeah and, and it was and it also you like you are yeah and it was she, she's doing it more responsibly and it's just kind of funny that you know how it all shakes out that's hilarious <laughs> Yeah, like it, 10 years ago, you were writing notes like, don't let your mom do this. And now it's like, she's like, I want to do it. And you're like, I can provide that. It's all good. And, you know, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? She has a rocky trip. She gets a little confused. Yeah. It's like, you'll be less confused when it wears off. You'll be less confused than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Where the tab meets the tongue. That's the church of chill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's none of this speculation. It's like, here's the real deal. You're, we're really doing this. Mm-hmm. We're really going to go in and through some shit. Yeah, it made doing a good amount of acid started me to really understand why they called it the acid tests. Because mm-hmm. it does feel like you're being tested almost. Yeah. Like, hey, can you have presence through yeah. like a thunderstorm of thoughts and chaos? And mm-hmm. can you bring it back to your breath? Can you dance? Can you have a good time? Despite like the chaos of your mind yeah and and that's like i feel like especially the first five years of us doing this stuff i would purposely put myself through challenges we would take acid and be like let's listen to scary music let's listen to stuff like we know this music but like let's see if we can get ourselves a little freaked out let's see if we can handle uh listening to leftover crack see that's (laughs) not scary i loved all that kind of like well, we thought it would be. We thought it would be grungy and stuff, but when you played um, Radiohead, I remember a couple trips being like, hey, you need to get consent before you throw on Radiohead. Because <laughs> their new album that had come out like right then yeah. was like particularly particularly spooky. Yeah. And we were, I remember once we were like in some weird cabin and we did it and I was just like, 
hey <laughs> you can't just throw this shit on at like, a yeah. peak of an acid trip and i've done and i did it i tried it another time and it, and everybody was like yeah this is really weird like don't do this <laughs> i would say the same thing like pink floyd could probably be in that category too i think people associate that with acid I'm like I oh you gotta take weed. you gotta take acid and listen to pink floyd and it's like that's uh, might send you down a really strange path but like like i'm saying we've done that like i've i'm like what what am i going to avoid while i'm in a heightened state of consciousness certain feelings like let's embrace them and try to integrate that stuff like when i took acid and went down uh to uh bourbon street bourbon street in new orleans just walking around bourbon street completely peaked out on acid like it made me a better person. I don't. I couldn't even pinpoint why, but that's like where the tab meets the tongue type of moments. Just be like, can I handle it? Can I handle life amplified? Yeah. Turns out, yeah. There's a way to do it. There's like a certain amount to take and a certain time to like go out into the world. Like, I think people are kind of insane that will just like dose at a show mm-hmm. or... I mean, everyone's at, a lot of people are at Burning Man right now. Like, I think that's the most insane place to, like, do a heavy dose. I think yeah. the comfort of your own home where you kind of have, like, control over your environment is, like, where you do that stuff. Otherwise, you're kind of setting yourself up for, like, mental illness, you but know? Deep traumas. Deep traumas. Like, you, this is very, puts you in a, like, these psychedelics put you in such a vulnerable state. You don't want to have to, like, deal with shit. No. You know? No. You definitely don't want to. But if you have to, it will make you a better person. Yeah, but it could also give you some, like, OCD or PTSD or anything, yeah. you know. We listened to our Puddled episode with Bryce. Yeah, exactly. You, you could see what could happen if you overdo it. <laughs> but it, it but it was fun. Ultimately, net positive, I think. Your mom had one of the best days of her life. I know we did. It, it just makes time longer you know what i mean like it made yeah. our visit like so much longer like we there were three days in that one day you know yeah really truly felt like it mm-hmm. in a good way mm-hmm. yeah and we were uh man we watched this show <laughs> oh my god <laughs> talk about where the tab meets the tongue we watched the show alone um, I'm not going to say what season we watched because there's nine seasons and, you know, we could talk about I don't some know. stuff well, I without don't, spoiling it. Who cares? Let's give spoilers. I want to talk about it. We could talk about it. Cool. We watched season nine of, of Alone. Yeah. I think all the seasons are the same. No, the yeah. mom said she started watching season seven. It's very different. Okay. But basically, the premise is they drop 10 people off with, and they're allowed to bring... Um, very few items and they just drop them off they get like a tarp and a, like a knife or whatever a couple pairs of underwear a couple pairs of underwear a pot like a cast iron pot yeah there's no like, fork or anything no there's no like no 10 n- things that they that they all have and then they just drop them off in separate places and uh this season was in labrador labrador canada which is like very way up there very northeast canada way up there then they drop off these 10 people and uh Whoever less, the longest out there wins. They win a half a million dollars in the season we we uh, we watched. It was wild because it. Absolutely. I was thinking when you were talking about music, I'm like, just think about how they just went all that time without music. I know. 
But the thing is, they do these health checks, so it, I was kind of hoping the show was going to be a little more existential. I mean, it definitely is, but I think the fact that they like have wellness checks and someone comes and checks on them and probably gives them new, fresh batteries and takes their footage and stuff like that, like... They don't go as insane as you would if there was, like, no contact. Yeah, yeah. If it was truly solitary confinement. Which I think would be interesting. Yeah. It wouldn't last as long. It's kind of like Swamp Kings, though. Because you're, like, glad it happened. And you're, like, glad that it could be our entertainment, like, selfishly. But at the same time, you're, like, oh, it's the Hunger Games. Yeah. We're just... These are... And especially in this episode, <laughs> this season, these are some of the most, like... They're desperate. They're desperate for the money. I mean, uh, one every person, every person, like parents that don't have a retirement, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, not able to afford a house, you know, living uh, hand to mouth, you know, yeah. like actually already living off the grid because they don't have like other options, other options. So in so many ways, as like cool as it is to see what's the human spirit and is physically and emotionally capable of, it's also kind of like dark. But it was interesting to see the epiphanies that people were having. Yeah. Because you, because a lot of people, like even when they're in the home stretch or even just started, they realize like, oh, I, the money's not worth my health. Or not being there for my family. Like, it was a lot of people being, like, not wanting to trade this time. It doesn't matter the money to, like, be with their family and tell them they love them and be th- be more there for them. And almost just getting to this, like, awareness of, like, oh, me being out here in the woods is, like, kind of selfish. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and they have to kill, like, a lot of... I mean, the whole thing is you have to, like, forage and kill your... F- hunt your food. You have to figure out your food and you have to figure out your shelter, like... Those are very, very, and very you need big to find things. a good balance because if you're, if you put too much energy into your shelter, then you burn more calories and you need to hunt more food. Yeah, the whole thing, the the, the whole thing, quickly, like as soon as they get dropped off, pretty much immediately, you see these people uh, become spiritual. It's it's very interesting. Where they were to even get to this place? Uh, absolutely, because they've had a ton of experience out there. But to really to be doing this alone and to be like, okay, now I I really have to do this and quickly kind of grasp the concept of like I'm in collaboration with my environment to survive. You know, I need to respect this thing. Yeah. Right off the bat, everybody is praying over their their animals and thanking god and, and it was like a little much for people to be killing a squirrel like, yeah you could see it would it was really bother people and i could see why and it's also yeah. just like it's so interesting what our life has become where we become so removed from the death that happens yeah. and all our consumption habits so yeah. it's like we don't aren't confronted with that energy when you're i mean honestly Going out and killing a squirrel and the amount of calories they were consuming is, like, probably the most sustainable, healthy thing for the environment and way that, they, like, the most morally not questionable compared to, like, probably their habits at home. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they're, like, but they're so, so close conf- to they're it. They're so close to it that it's very confronting. Yeah. And And to see how people handle that and to see how people handle the game of it. And, um, you know, there's some people that get there and they immediately start, you know, working on some delusionally big shelter for themselves. And I don't think they're quite 
have wrapped their head around that this is a game of calories. Like that's what it comes down to. The amount of calories that you put out, you have to get back. So the people that invested too much time in the shelter didn't hunt enough and were dropping like flies. And then there's people that mainly focused on hunting and didn't really focus on their other shit. And But also it felt like the people who got the biggest game were the ones who ended up getting sick, you know? Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and you just see, and I don't know if they edit it to make it seem like this or, or if it's true or if it's a combination of both. It probably is just a combination of both. But people just watching karma play out and watching the balance of nature play out. Like there's one guy who's just like, he's he's probably like the most equipped to do this physically and with his hunting skills and the amount of time he spent out there and uh he was struggling at first and then he got a beaver and he was like great i'm all good like i'm gonna be good for like two weeks right now i'm gonna make some beaver jerky out of this that should handle me for a while and then i'll be able to build out my structure better and while he's bringing the beaver back he sees a a grouse one of those birds and he shoots that too he's like ah, i just I can't help myself. We called it. We were like... The se- and the second that he, he killed unnecessarily to try to stockpile, you could just feel the vibe was off. The tides turned. Yeah. Motherfucker caught beaver fever, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was something else. But uh, I thought I've had beaver fever, but... Wait, what the, <laughs> Nothing. Pass, okay. please. Just let that one go over your head. Okay. Um, yeah. There's a real thing called beaver fever, and... This guy got it just, and I think it was just like, he was just uh, overconfident and and, and pig, he pigged out. He pigged Greedy. out, and nature humbled him. I think so. And he had to leave. You know, but it's crazy. Like everyone puts on a lot of weight ahead of time, and it's like twenty days. People have lost thirty, forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, drinking like a cup of olive oil every day to try to put on like an insane amount of fat. And they do. They go in there like pudgy and like, you know, ready to lose weight and everything. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's so interesting to see people's different strategies and the the people that you would not expect to make it far at all make it far because there's just so many things that can happen. There's injuries that happen. There's just misuse of time, weather things go down like shit, I put my shelter in the or wrong injuries. place. Like you yeah. you're like, Whoa, this guy this guy's got it. He's got it. He's fucking got it. And then all of a sudden he like falls and you're like, oh, it just like. Yep. It's over. switches that fast. Yeah. I don't know. I found it very inspiring because even when I eat food now, I'm like, I don't need that much. Like, I, like my portions, I feel like are shrinking a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm like, what, is, what does the human body actually need? Not nearly as much as we think. And like not wanting to be of excess. And then also just, I don't know, just. I think also feeling how blessed I am yeah, to have shelter and not have to forage for food and not have to think about cold and, and cold wind and wind and leaks. And but a lot of people were saying it's like the happiest they've ever been. So I believe that too. I think there is something about, you know, being that close to nature, being that close to food, to your survival, feeling that accomplished. That is like kind of a, and the peace of not, being on your phone it's a relief like what we started off talking about like it's 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 too much taking in too much information about things that are like outside of your area that you could affect is not good for us i don't think i think it mentally drives us a little crazy and drives us 
and just and pulls us in every direction all of a sudden you're out there and you're like everything in my life is just immediate you know it's all right here Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on with the rest of the contestants or in the rest of the world or with my family I can't really be consumed by that I have to focus on my survival and I think it it uh it just puts people into a different state of mind where yeah I think you do have more access to happiness but you have no one to share it with so there's these people that kill it at this they're so good at they're like ah yeah I got my shelter built on the first day it's insulated I got a chimney in there I built out a stove I got plenty to eat and then they're just sitting there like I miss my family and people would get homesick and it would look like they had beaver fever yeah it's crazy yeah that you can mentally like it's like it's almost like the people that that stretched out their 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 purpose like i don't need to finish my shelter the first day it's gonna be a long process i'm probably gonna be out here for 70 plus days let me let me take my time to build this and to have a built-in purpose for every day as opposed to the people that were like got my shelter got a bunch of animals cool and then you're just kind of sitting there alone without a lot of stuff to do and then uh, the mental beaver fever takes over where you're like i miss my fucking family yeah what's my girlfriend doing you gotta worry about your girlfriend you, gotta, you know a some, I, I could i called it with some of these guys they showed and i'm like his girlfriend's too hot he's not gonna be able to handle <laughs> being out here she's too cute like she, he's gonna be thinking like oh no she has so many better options what am i doing and the, the time's gonna dilate and be torturous to this motherfucker just because he has a beautiful girlfriend what about her best friend Brad? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's always had a thing for her. <laughs> I think he's going to make his move. Yeah, totally. No, people totally. don't talk about that stuff, but like, they don't, you could tell, but, but we, we were adding our own commentary. Yeah. We had our own little spice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really fascinating show. Really. Like um, I'm, I'm glad it exists. I kind of feel bad for people that they'll go and do this and kill it out this. And just because they weren't the last person, they don't get money. I like, don't know. I hope they get some money. Yeah. But, you know this business. If yeah. they, it's if, as little as possible. It's as little as possible. And if they gave them anything, they would be patting themselves on the back about it. They'd be like, oh, second place got $100,000. Don't worry about them. They would be telling us that. But yeah, I don't no. think they got no, anything. They no, I think, <laughs> I hope they just get like their time covered. Like, you know, the whatever a SAG thing would be. You know, they ain't I, doing that. Like $500 a day or trust something. Trust me. Trust me. They're not doing that. They're just, they're not. I know they're not. How could they not though? They're working. There's it's the same thing they did like with the people on the real world or, you know, those original reality shows. That was the precedent that was set a long time ago. Like you're getting paid an exposure. Do whatever you want with this. It's probably worth a lot more than whatever we could give you, which could be true. I think for some of them, for sure, because I'm like, there's some people that I'm like, I want to go to your wilderness camp. Yeah. Like I'm in awe of you. I could learn a lot from you. I know things didn't go your way out there, but like, there was one woman that was very impressive in particular. Yeah. I found her very impressive. She she like she lives the life yeah well the two the two final people um really were going about this by by not using a lot of their energy unnecessarily and i thought they were goners because of that they had separate they had opposing attitudes like there's a woman who attitude was like i'm so grateful to be here i'm so blessed like i'm happy every day and the other guy's attitude was like this, this sucks. This like let's not give away who wins or whatever, but like this sucks and I know it's going to suck and I'm just anything that doesn't suck, I'll be grateful for. Mm. But 
just like baseline everything sucks yeah yeah i I thought it was interesting how successful he was given that attitude yeah like i was like i get it i get that attitude i don't know if i would be able to do it with that attitude i think i would have to be more in the camp of like i'm singing and dancing every day no matter what i'm grateful to be alive like there's a game you know a helicopter could come and get me at any time i'll get through it it's gonna be fine not the like shit sucks this is torture and, oh wow! I found a squirrel. I guess this this isn't that bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think watching them like skin these animals, I'm like, I have no interest in doing this. Yeah. You would if you were hungry. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't want to be into that. I don't want to be that no. desperate for no. calories that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna eat a 500 calorie squirrel. Mm. It took that I had to go out and hunt and then watch its squirrel friends scream and cry. Mm. Be horrible yeah i think um it, it's w- what it inspires me is like to do is to you know invite challenges into your world that will help you grow and i, I think yeah i saw a quote recently about comfort like i don't know growth doesn't happen in comfort basically is the essence of it like it's, it's really good it's just not gonna happen there well our our new friend uh mahavir Dallas who will be appearing in our movie Wild Magic. He's he's an old friend of Ram Dass's. He's 87 years old, and um, he's helped countless people get their life on track and saved so many people's lives, especially a lot of addicts. And uh, he says, and it's very, it's very simple, but, you know, and you can apply it in different ways, but he says that you should always be in school and that you should always have a job and that you should always be um, competing in a competitive sport. That's what he was told, and so that's what he does. That's what he was told when he was a young man, and he still does it. Yeah. And that's it. this guy has dozens of master's degrees and stuff like that. And when we were visiting him, he was learning how to play the banjo, and he does uh, martial arts and and this kind of stuff. So he's always, through his whole life, been in school having had a job and um competing in a competitive sport it's very inspiring yeah yeah i think that it's a it's a very uh it's like kind of a masculine approach <laughs> <laughs> you know just 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 coming down with some Dominate. masculine energy yeah it is dominating. Yeah. and and despite the way he comes off and how spiritual he is and how connected he is um he talks about being cutthroat in business he said that's a whole different game you know and he's gotten rich many times over in his life. He got so rich that at 60 years old, he said, this is impeding my spiritual growth. And he gave it all away. And then he got rich again. You know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's it's so inspiring. And, um, you know, it can be very simple. It can be very simple. But you got to have some kind of blueprint for how you want to go about life and achieve growth and be more present and get deeper with people better your relationships yeah yeah i i think that's a very simple little trilogy of things that you could focus on and in a way we already have that but i i think we could be more intentional about it but him it, the, the idea that like he's like oh business is like a different realm and it has different rules and a lot of the stuff, I don't know if he would put it this way, but maybe like a lot of the stuff to the spiritual approach to life doesn't necessarily apply there. Or if it does, you got to go a little harder. Yeah, I don't know what he would say about that. Well, I want to I want to find out because yeah. when when we spoke to a mutual friend of ours, he was like, yeah, he's the reason I 
you know, have, have done so well in business. And yeah. Yeah, that, that's when we were watching the, the show about the Florida Gators, um, you know, national championships and everything. I was like, that's how this could apply for us. We could take that spirit of, like, going balls to the wall, going hard, going, like, militaristic in your face. We could do that in business. Well, and we I, have been I think it helps us before. when we do it with exercise. It helps us do it more so. And, like, yeah. we came home and we were like militaristically we com- came home to a pipe being burst where we had to replace all the ceiling tiles yeah. like and at first it's like kind of a drag you're like oh we just want to relax but it was something nice about hitting the ground running with like a project right away that yeah required all our attention and focus that we just like kept it going like then i like was like all right i'm clearing cleaning the whole space and organizing every freaking thing in this room yeah and it's been really positive i think i don't necessarily like want you know how we were like life is too fun we should have an early retirement i'm like almost my like mindset on things is shifting yeah of like life is too fun like how could i not be balls to the wall every day yeah yeah well but but enough still having fun and still making the rules to our own when i talk about like hey let's be in a retirement state of mind it's more like uh easy breezy well let's take it easy well, that's you what I'm talking and about. It, well, no, I'm just like like more in in our. Um, it's a hard thing to describe. It's it, it, but it's more like I don't think people catch that like, wow, there's a chip off my shoulder. I don't have to, you know, whatever until they retire. And I'm like, you're like not trying to ramp up the responsibilities to make you not be able to be in the moment because you just want to like. It's not like you don't want to work hard. No, it's, I do want to work hard. But I think sometimes, like, when you're like, all right, you're making your own rules, you're your own boss. Mm. It, every every day, like, that's why we had to leave Maine. We're like, we got some stuff done up here, but it's too nice outside. There's not enough grit. There's not there, enough there grit. There wasn't just, a, like, there's nothing for us to push off of. There wasn't enough contrast. Yeah, it then was you get too here, comfortable. Then we get back here, and it's like, all right. Oh, we pull up, we, we drive seven hours and we're like, we don't even plan on being here long. We got to stay on the road and we got to keep doing stuff. But like, we're like, cool, we'll go back there. We'll drop our shit off. And like, we get back here and it's like a pipe burst and the ceilings got soaked and all your shit is soaked or covered in dust. And we just walk into complete chaos and just got to work on fixing everything up because like who else is going to do it? Wasn't it so rewarding though and satisfying? I know you were like kind of pussy about it at first, but I think ultimately like I like doing projects with you. That was so fun for me. I know know you did most of the work, but it was still fun for me. No, it's, it's like when, when my parents go out of town and I'm like, cool, I'll I'll take this opportunity to, to paint your house for a week or to replace the floors or to do build a shed or whatever. Like I, I love that stuff. I, I love all that stuff, but yeah, came in here start replacing the ceiling doing everything we got to do and working hard you know it was, it was really hard grueling work that i literally couldn't have done if we hadn't been doing pilates for a week i was like <laughs> in angles and like holding things up and being crushed by things and like it was just crazy and um yeah we 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 did that and i was very felt very accomplished when i got everything like put back in its place and everything is nice and then i uh, woke up the next day with a rock in migraine like crazy if anyone struggles with migraines especially the ones that like come up like from the back of your neck on the left side and are like behind your eye and like above your ear 
there's it's a specific kind. Please let me know what you do about it. Your sister, I forgot to tell you this the other day, but she puts ice packs on her head. Maybe that could have helped you. Yeah, maybe. It's just, it. there's, the, like, I thought I had nipped this in the bud by taking um, salt pills when we exercise. I'm like, wow, I'm not getting these headaches anymore. But what I think that they are is, like, the ultimate man- debilitating manifestation of my stress. Yeah. Like, and it, and it's almost like it, it comes along in this perfect form where you can't do anything. It's, it's not a physical in- injury, but it's just like, I, I literally can't do anything. It debilitates me. I can't, I can't physically do anything, but I can't even think. Yeah. Which, which is, it's just like literally my body, like sending out a signal to shut it down for a minute. And it's usually a day. It's usually, and I won't take that day. Otherwise I will never take a day to be like, I'm not exercising. I can't do anything. I can't respond to anyone. I'm like, I, I would never do that. I'm, you know, I got too much fire. I'm trying to make shit happen. So the only time I take a break is when I get these migraines and one just came along and it just, it felt inconvenient, but I basically spent yesterday miserable, like just dealing with a headache and it's crazy. I woke up today feeling so good. So good. It's Sometimes a, the contrast helps you feel good you know that's another thing yeah like um it's because right now i'm just filled with gratitude that i don't have a throbbing headache and it's and and i'm i'm close enough to having had it that i can remember what that was like and like it's so much easier to exercise when you've like gotten off of some sort of like you feel good again Mm -hmm. or i remember when i'd visit my grandparents and like you're in an old folks community and they're like people are walking at like one mile per hour yeah and you're like you know what? I'm going to go run and use my body while I got it. You know, yeah. this is so temporary mm-hmm. and anything could happen. Yeah. Use it or lose it or use it. Cause you're going to lose it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, it, and also like, I don't know, figure out how to listen to your body. Like if I had another way of knowing, like I was stressing myself to the level that I was going to have to be totally debilitated for a day. I maybe could have done something. I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for advice. And because uh, this is the type of thing, like if Advil took care of it, I wouldn't even be mentioning this. But Advil doesn't do anything. Caffeine doesn't do anything. I think it's a portal. I think part uh, of your path is like you have to go through these like physical portals. Like I've just known you long enough. Yeah. To know it's like you get in your period. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. this is just kind of the part of the human experience. And I was saying that to you the other day. I'm like. Cause you were a little, a little whiny for a second about the, and I'm like, this is life. Life is pipes bursting. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. There's not even, it's not even worth complaining about because this is life. Like, you know what I mean? Life is the coming home and the pipes burst or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, totally. I can wrap my head around it. I wasn't trying to make that anyone else's problem. Uh, it was more like, God, the last thing I want to be doing at one in the morning after driving all day is, uh breathing clumps of dust <laughs> like and well i think it was perfect for your ocd like <sighs> you're like you i mean you vacuum like every day every day i didn't yeah. even know there were people who vacuum every day you just i just i just there's certain things i got to do before i can <laughs> do the things that like you know help last, our livelihood i have to do certain things to feel in last order. night i was reading on reddit about um women were talking about the mental load and how it 
it gives them, <laughs> they like when they read about the mental load it started to give them like sanity because they realized like i'm doing so much more work than my partner because i'm the one who like not only will take out the dishes i'm the one if he if he's going to take out the dishes i have to remind him to do the dishwasher mm. it's like the mental load is almost like the managing of the household tasks yeah and just reading through it i think there is like some more mental load that i take on whether it's like remembering the doctor's appointments and stuff like that but oh, it's pretty yeah. minimal because you do the mental load of like figuring out what our life is um there's <laughs> a balance I, I have the i have the zoomed out perspective and you have the zoomed in and like I couldn't do it without you. I would. We couldn't even get to the zoomed out goals if it weren't for you. But that said, and we wouldn't have goals if we were just doing the. You know. <laughs> no, I know. But that said, reading, you know, what women or partners or a lot of women have to go through with partners is like such. I was like, oh my god, I don't think about a lot of things. I I cook. I cook and you clean. It's like. <laughs> My grandparents had it, but it was the opposite. My grandma cleaned and my grandpa cooked, you know, but it's, it feels so My bad. parents were the opposite, but yeah. Your dad cooked and your mom cleans. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I just, it made me realize, I think I always realize, and I have been very grateful of how much you take on and that you, but it, it's never like, I just hearing what some people were saying about like, look, if I uh, go to put something in the laundry then I see that I have to do something else and I'll do that. But if I tell my husband like, hey, can you put it in the dryer? He'll then leave the other sock that didn't make it in and like, you know, just not take on, just be like, I will do household stuff and share the chores, but you have to tell me exactly what to do. Otherwise I won't do it. Yeah. And that's just not our dynamic at all. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, you, you need to give me a pep talk every once in a while that I need to like clean up my shit or like organize but other than that i think we stay pretty good yeah i mean we we both give each other pep talks and what they come down to is i'm like you need more yang energy and you're like you need more yin energy it's like really the crux of every argument that we have i think so yeah i'm like where's your fucking fire and you're like i don't have any (laughs) and i'm like well here's some because i got plenty you know, and yeah. you're, you hit me with like, damn, what, where's your, where's your human being emotional, you know, like kind, you know, forgiving, awesome, you know, and I'm like, oh, and you douse me with that. And I remember and like, cause we, we both have it. Yeah, totally. But I think a lot of times like, you know, and, and, and I feel like if we can, if we could put that container around them, they'll be less personal and won't, won't trigger defensiveness and longer arguments than it won't even become an argument. It's just like, Hey, you're, you got the yin right now. I'm going to come with that little dot of yang and I'm going to just hit you with that right now. Just so we, the balance can be restored and we can get some shit done. I'm cool with that. I think yeah. another <laughs> talking about Reddit, whatever. Uh, I love Reddit. Because uh, it's so personal. You get to hear so many people's it's personal awesome. stories. Yeah. But someone was like, what did, like, men, what, what's what's the secret to, what's the unspoken secret to, like, a happy marriage? You know, and, and the top comment was, this is the only one I remember, but a very, it was like, it's not you versus your partner, it's you and your partner versus the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also like a good thing for us to remember because I think a lot of times we can get like a little personal of like, you know, you're the problem. It's like, no, we're we're dealing with a problem. We have a problem, and we can yeah. get a solution together, no matter what has happened before. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Bleed at. Bleed at. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but we, look, we're, we're getting our shit together. This is like, I feel like we're just like in like kind of back to school mode. I love back to school time. I think I hate it, but um, I don't like, I don't mind what we're doing right now. I love getting organized. Like we basically just have to get rid of so much of our stuff. Figure out how to make money. We have to figure out how to make money. And we need more friends to help make our life more exciting. Yeah. So if you're a friend that, or, or not yet a friend, that uh, thinks could, they could make our life more exciting, <laughs> shoot your shot. Now's the time. <laughs> shoot your shot. If you're a cinematographer who has some um, some skills and wants to get out there, shoot your shot. Send us your reel. If you're a composer, send us your reel. You know, shoot your shot. Now's your shoot your shot time with Sean and Cass because we're in back to school mode. <laughs> and um, we need collaborators. We need friends. We need adventure partners. And um, not to say we don't have them already, but what's more exciting than meeting new people and forging new adventures and growing together? So. It's shoot your shot time for it's us. It's back to school. Yeah, it's it's back to school. <laughs> yeah, and the summer the summer ain't over. I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth. Oh, trust, trust me. me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I'm looking at the weather coming up. It's like about to be beautiful. We have a lot of shooting to do. We got a lot of running around to do. We got to raise money. And oh, we're about uh, to be traveling the country, so you know. This literally, uh, people should shoot their shot and invite us somewhere. Tell us an interesting thing that's going on. Ask us on a date. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Ask Sean on a date. No, I have plenty I'm of I'm off the market. Yeah, yeah. are yeah. you? <laughs> I'm tired. You're tired. You're tired of all this throupling around? Oh, no, I need more. I just need, I need to. That's what I needed before the last throuple. I was like, I just need more time, relationship with myself. I got to do my learning thing. I got shit to learn. Yeah, I know. I and know. it doesn't have to always be relationship. Please. But it seems like there there is probably something in our chart that makes that so because I mean, any, you and I agree on that. Mm-hmm. And But anytime we combine forces and agree, like, let's just focus on ourselves. Like, it's like the universe is like, here's more people. Here's like just more energies to deal with. Uh, Use them to grow. Use them to get inspired. Let them become the muse. And obviously, it, it doesn't always have to be like a sexual thing. It's It very rarely is. But it seems like when we try to deny that energy, it's something about the balance of our life. It just fucking shows up again. And it's cool. Whatever. I have no regrets about what we've done and who we've done it with. No, we have great times. The best. Really fun times. The best. But I'm ha- I'm actually like, I think I had a, like a little bit of a wild streak in me. And I'm not saying I'm getting boring, but I'm just saying like where I'm getting my adrenaline is shifting. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about it on a very personal Patreon exclusive episode? I don't know what I got, but I'll give it a no, shot. No, I know. I'm trying to do a cliffhanger for Christ's sake. No, Cass, just go along with it. Yeah, let's... Who cares? We're going to talk about whatever on there, but... <laughs> But you don't want to miss it. Yeah, we're trying to coax some people over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash church of chill. Um, it's, it's $2 and you get access to all of our bonus podcasts. We have a great, po- great podcast. I got a little too personal on an episode with Noah. So we oh, yeah, that there's, a, there's, a, there's a great episode with Noah um, Lampert of the synchronicity world, which who everyone that listens to us knows Noah. Um, 
and we podcast with him frequently, but we, we did, did one that got a little too personal, and yeah. we just had to put it on Patreon. I had to fucking bleep some shit. So. Yes, yeah. But that's out there. Yeah. It's out there, and uh, we'll probably... Patreon hope. exclusive. That's a Patreon. That's a banger of a Patreon exclusive. We also have my Church of Chill episodes on there, which is uh, our music show. and A lot of good ones, though. Yeah. Recent ones have been fire, and I really want you to do a vinyl one, so I keep calling that yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could start looking through our records today and pick out a good vinyl episode. Okay, cool. And then, of course, the Discord community, which is popping off more than ever. I think... Uh, Lots of very chill, talented Yeah, it just there's so many talented people that I'm like, I can't believe we have something to do with bringing them together. It's, it's really hard to believe. Yeah, very special. But it's uh, it's very cheap. It's $2. Or you could give us more. We'd really appreciate that. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill. We're going to do a part two of this. Hopefully you'll join us. And we'll see you on the other side, y'all. Peace, love, and magic. Remember. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>